Hey, welcome to First Issue Club, your weekly comic book podcast. A little bit of a different twist this time. We're going into a slightly new format. Going to be keeping the conversations looser, less rules. Um, maybe we need a new name. Not sure yet. If you have any suggestions, let listen to this episode first and, and then say, what would I call that? Yeah. What? What? How are we going to completely about, change our how name? How about Comic Book Club? <laughs> First issues are still going to make a a big huge appearance yeah, because big impact yeah. because we're we're covering the week's news the week's impacts all of that kind of stuff it's just not going to only be first issues anymore but it's still a club that celebrates first issues so you know I vote keep the name to be honest and I'll say last week we mentioned that we're going to a biweekly format for a little bit so you'll hear from us again in fourteen days mm-hmm. hell yeah. Yep. That's what. That's why we're gonna pack this cheeseburger with extra cheese. Yep. Yeah, longer than normie. And three pickles. <laughs> the conversation's gonna be looser, but the content's gonna be thicker, juicier. Like, yeah. I, like looser and juicier. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new tag name for the episode. Yeah. Juicier and looser. Um. Okay. So I'm Mike D. Budget King. I'm Greg. And I was out for a minute with COVID. That's true. So you've just heard from me and Greg for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was out for a while looking for a job. Got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you and I've some... been your constant lighthouse of comic book yeah. news. Greg ain't dying from COVID, ain't getting new jobs. He's just comic guy. Yep. My AC is out, so I'm now I'm just super sweaty. There you go. My first question for you guys is... Did we listen to the new Kendrick? Yes. Oh, it's out? <laughs> no, just the single. Oh, okay. It drops Friday. We can skip that now. This is what we do. If you're a first-time listener, we cover music, and then we say, we don't cover music, and then we move off of it really quickly. Yep. What are we going to ask us? Are we going to be a Doctor Strange spoiler podcast this week? This week, yes. Uh, yeah, I think so, because... The internet did it the day after. And I've got a news item that I want to discuss with you guys about it. Okay, so do we want to get into takes and opinions off the bat, or save that for later? I think that's the news-worthiest news. Well, actually, no. We had two titans pass away in the comic book community. Oh, yeah, let's that start I really there. want to touch on. Yeah, okay. please. Yeah. Uh, Neil Adams mm-hmm. uh, passed away and George Perez passed away. Two, I would say, pioneers in the comic book community uh, did great work in the 70s and 80s with um, getting creators more control over their artwork and kind of just furthering the medium uh, into new audiences and to new areas that they haven't been before. So their loss is felt throughout the community. That was a big part of Neil Adams' legacy that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, so he basically pioneered this um, trend to make sure that creators, mostly illustrators, kept the rights to their original drawings. Mm. Because publishers used to keep them and then just destroy them. Yeah, and you think about how much money some of those people would make off of those classic comics yeah, yeah, if they yeah. still had the art today. So, And obviously with the hobby of collecting original art being really hot right now, that is huge for illustrators to keep up their income and, and livelihood. And illustrators are normally fighting for the podium against the writers, so it gives them a little bit more of like collateral. Right. And, um, I mean, we're not here to weigh who does more during a comic book, a writer or, sure. or an illustrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the illustrator has to produce so many pages a day to keep up with the demand, especially with the big two, um, to, to stay relevant and to keep up with the deadlines that, I mean, they are really producing some high-class art in a short amount of time. So the fact that they get to keep those original pages and covers to make a second income is, I mean, it's life-changing. So good on you. Rest in peace, Neil Adams, even though you were mean to me once at a convention. 
Oh, <laughs> I think everyone has a Neil Adams was grumpy with me story, to be honest. I think he just was had bad gas that day. Could have been. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean, Twitter was lit with like really nice stuff about both of these two. All right. my sub stacks were just celebrating these people. So, yeah, it, it was unfortunate because, I mean, George Perez did have cancer. And right. So that was one that we were all just kind of waiting on bated breath to when we would get 60s, that. Yeah. yeah, but. Yeah, that's young. Neil but, Adams, no one saw that coming. I think I read somewhere that he had complications from sepsis, which is yeah. not a fun thing. So um, just terrible, terrible, terrible. Let's pour one out, but specifically pour one out of a Space Camper IPA from Boulevard Beer. Yum, yum, give me some down in my tum-tum. <laughs> I don't love doing the ad as nested in an in memoriam. <laughs> it wasn't. It was nested out of it. Okay, yeah. This it, ad had flown the nest and it, was... Uh, it transitioned us out of the in memoriam. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Space Camper IPA, drank some of it today. Delicious beer, hoppy, refreshing. Hits those notes hit so well on a warm summer night, and uh, you'll feel like you're drinking a comic book because of the artwork. So that's why you're here on the can. Yeah, right. Well, how much would you have to be paid to drink a comic book for real? Oh, um, I don't know, like a dollar. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> it's paper. It's edible, man. Yeah, well, they put it in a smoothie or something and right. I drink it. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know. Don't don't tell me. Do it next time. I don't know. Five dollars. Yeah, five bucks. All right, check the Patreon because that's <laughs> my next video. I'm gonna prank you with a paper smoothie. You, you just drank a, a comic book. Thanks. <laughs> that was me saying thanks because I don't care. Um, great. That's great. Yeah. Let's go into Doctor Strange then. Yeah. Spoilers As... ahoy. Okay. So yeah, turn it off if you don't want to hear spoilers. Yeah. Fast forward exactly seven minutes. <laughs> Timer starting now. That's how much I want to talk about Doctor Strange is seven minutes. Hey, it's Mike popping in with a little update. We did not stick to our seven-minute guesstimate. We ended up going much further than that. So if you want to skip any Doctor Strange spoilers, you should be able to jump to 25 minutes in the podcast, and then we're going to get into other comic book news and reviewing a couple comics. So skip ahead to 25 minutes. If you don't want to hear any Doctor Strange stuff, you have been warned. That we can talk about spoilers and how good it was or not. The thing that I think has superseded that, which I've seen everywhere mm-hmm. and like took over Twitter for two days, is this PG thirteen uh, conversation, which we talked about a little bit on our uh, text thread. Mm-hmm. Just being like this dominant thing of like, holy shit, Doctor Strange was so violent. How did he get a PG thirteen rating? Yeah, and then this like debate on like, well, is Disney such of a titan that they're like an R would tank our profits. So PG-13 keeps us in the profit margin that we want to be in. Mm-hmm. And then the best argument that I've heard is that PG-13 actually means PG-13, but families treat it like PG. And if you actually, yeah. obs- if you observed it as PG-13 and you let 13 year olds come see it only, mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. But because they treat it like PG, yeah, it's not great for a 10-year-old to see that shit. No, I, I would 100% let a 13-year-old see everything that I saw in Doctor Strange 2. Right. I think that was rated correctly, but like you said, people see Marvel movies or MCU movies and they're just like, oh, I'll take the whole family, when really you have to kind of adhere to the ratings that are given by the motion picture whatever association. Yeah. There wasn't full frontal nudity, so no. didn't get the R. And the violence in it was fucking rad. <laughs> it was awesome. It made it better. Yeah. 
So there, I, I, I I have seen some pans of the movie. Some pans, really? Yeah, like I know circles we run in, and definitely comic book people mm-hmm. and just nerds are like elated with this movie. Box office scores are great. Mm-hmm. People who and this is a weird niche of people who are like cinematically critical of Marvel movies. Like they like them, but they like like to critique them. Thought this was like bloated and didn't do much plot wise, but was like very cinematically appealing. Interesting. The idea of like judging these against themselves as an art form is <laughs> mm-hmm. so absurd to me. I totally agree. Same. Yeah. We don't need like a Siskel and Ebert of MCU <laughs> films. Like they're popcorn movies. Treat them as such. Well, and the, the whole thing that they try to be prideful in is being like, we're going to treat one like a retro throwback comedy, and then the other one's going to be an espionage thriller. I And like, I don't know. They're completely different movies. Yeah, and some of them are good, some of them are bad. I, but I, like, your, your idea for, like, just because one of these movies is in the lower five of like your favorite MCU movies, if you still enjoyed it, then great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, one, I shut the fuck up. I like the game of when they're like, "Oh, this is just a Rambo action movie," or like when they like, uh-huh. like this was a noir movie. I think that's kind of fun to have a like a mix of what it is. I think it's fair to judge it against like the predecessor Doctor Strange, which was like bland and vanilla. Yeah. I like, I it was like it happened to me and it was like cool, mm. but it wasn't like great. This blows that out of the water. I felt like sure. I I wonder for this one the amount of references to. Marvel stuff, if that was tough for oh, okay. yeah. a more general audience. One of the things I think Marvel has done a better job at over the years is deciding when's a good time to stay true to the comic and when isn't. Like, the Black Widow's hair or accent is, like, a great example of mm-hmm. those things that they tried early on that, like, just looked awful because they wanted this, like, shock of red hair that was really true to the character, and they knew she was Russian, and it was like, those moviegoers don't care. Yeah. You might have, like, a couple nerds who are like, no, mm-hmm. but they're getting better about saying, you know what, these things are corny in film. We don't need to pay homage to them. <laughs> or, like, Wolver- Wolverine being, like, comically short. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Makes, like, like, no sense. Although, I do love that. I, wouldn't, I hope they do carry that through in the new films of how he's just kind of a short king just doing his thing. It's short king summer, so I hope that happens. <laughs> but this, this movie did have a lot more references than normal, but I think they handled them in a accessible enough way that you could take or leave them like a great way to do it is throw out things like i work for the baxter foundation and that was like oh cool like we're gonna get some fantastic four stuff and then we did like that um that was really fun for me as a reader but i little throwaway lines like that aren't something that if you're not familiar you would just let that glaze over you. I thought the tricks they did with the multiverse were fun and added to the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, visually this movie was 10 out of 10. It knocked it out of the park. There was some really cool visuals. The horror element from Sam Raimi was delightful. I think people forgot Sam Raimi directed this and that's why some, that's where some of the complaints are coming from. He's back, baby. And he has a very particular director and like cinematic eye. Like he did evil the Evil Dead movies and he did all those horror movies. Like he has a certain style of yeah getting his point across and he did that in Doctor Strange. What did you guys think of the movie notes scene? Was it corny or cool? I laughed. <laughs> and then I, I looked at Caitlin and she was laughing. Uh-huh. But it, 
at this point, you're just like, okay, just go with it. It wasn't like, like a Spider-Man 3 moment where he's like tap me, dancing. So I know it wasn't a Spider-Man 3 moment, but that was one of those moments where I was like, oh yeah, Sam Raimi's directing Right. This. Mm-hmm. Like it, it took me out of it to the point where I was just like, people made this. Have you, and some of the decisions they made <laughs> were weird. Have you seen like Drag, <laughs> Drag Me to Hell? This. I think. Or, yes. Yep. I think Sam Raimi did that, mm-hmm. right? There are moments in that movie where I'm like, oh God, like this guy. But then it's a great, it's like, a 90% movie, but there are moments where it's like... That's what this movie is for yeah. me. Like, 90% of the time, I'm just like, great choice, great choice. And then the other 10%, I'm just like, no, 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 so no, no, no. I think his humor is like the type of humor which is really weird, where it's like he makes an intentional error and he knows you're laughing at it, mm-hmm. but he doesn't care that you're laughing at it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because that's the whole premise of Evil Dead, I feel like. Sure. Well, maybe the... The later one. The, the later first one, one I oh, think yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah. to do something no, really no, you're right. cutting edge. And then yeah. he was like, oh, people aren't. <laughs> Which is funny to think about that's the trajectory of Sam Raimi's career. He is leaned like, into it. <laughs> is like he made a bad movie that he didn't know was bad, I think. It, I'm not a horror buff. It was a cult cla- It's a cult classic. And then he was like, wait, oh, people like this? <laughs> you ever seen Army of Darkness? <laughs> like, And it's like, and that became his brand. So mm-hmm. Yeah, for a while, definitely, yeah. But um, One thing I clocked that I want to know if you guys caught or think is just coincidence or I'm making this up on zombie Dr. Strange's head. Mm-hmm. Did his scar that went across his forehead say if, Oh, as if to be an homage to, to what, if? what if Marvel zombies. Oh, I didn't even realize. I didn't even check. I thought the... it was the Harry Potter lightning. He had two slashes and one looked like an F and the other one was just a line. And I was like, that kind of looks like it says if that would be hilarious. If true. Yeah. Uh, to stay on the point of zombie Doctor Strange, that um, was badass. By the way, his the demon, demon wings, wings, <laughs> yeah. holy so shit! Cool. <laughs> Maybe the most metal moment of any MCU movie to date. Yeah, which Sam Raimi could pull off. And I thought it was just a really, it, and it, it was kind of out of place for the tone of the movie mm-hmm. to have like this very Evil Dead moment of this cape trying to drag Scarlet Witch to hell. <laughs> Pretty much. And just the visual of it. And I hope we get like a build a figure Marvel Legends of fucking dead evil strange in his demon cloak. Did you see uh, what's her name? Olsen. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. She was like basic like people were in. She basically addressed like people in interviews will be like, but it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, stop with that shit. Yes. She's, she's like, this is good shit. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I work my ass off. You know, she doesn't watch herself. No. She'll, she'll never like watch any I think um, Johnny Depp doesn't do that either. Okay, yeah. It, it's not uncommon for people to do that. I think her performances are just amazing. Like they stand mm-hmm. out. Um, like she's a great actress. And I, I love that like she's kind of being like, just like, don't be so cool that you need to like trash this thing or yeah. whatever. And I think she even went on with the quote of just like, like the crew works really hard on these movies. Like this isn't just you being like, "Oh, what a dumb movie!" Like two thumbs down. Like people are making these movies and they're busting their ass to make them. Yeah. So she's like, "Shut the fuck up already!" Like we all work really hard on yeah. this. I think it's like funny to shit on things like that are so like Amazon that are like so loved or just in your life that it's like get out of here. Mm-hmm. But I think that she's. I think she makes a good argument. It's like now nah, some people are like flexing their true artistic skill here and doing some good shit. Mm-hmm. Totally. So. Yeah. Uh, America Chavez did oh, yeah. not get enough screen time. She was great. She was really great. I loved every minute. She should have been in it more. 
I thought I was wondering how they were going to do the star portals because that's a big thing. And oh, I was like, yeah. do they change the shape of them? They didn't. Still looked great. Wait, I thought I yeah. thought I thought America Chavez had something else coming out though. No, you... she was just like when she punches, it stars. No, 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 no. Like a subsequent Marvel thing happening. Is there? Is that oh, not true? Uh... I think in this Marvel. No, no, no. I I just thought she was going to make another appearance somewhere else. Like is maybe. That... She might be in, in a Young Avengers movie. She might be in... Oh, she's for sure going to show up in subsequent Marvel movies. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, if it was TV, mm-hmm. it's hard to be like, first appearance movie, bring them into TV. I guess they did it with Loki yeah. and stuff, but like... And... I, I can see them maybe doing it with Miss Marvel, mm-hmm. um, like in a later episode, but um, I mean, she'll be in more movies and TV shows for yeah. sure. Yeah. Maybe, maybe movie and TV are just converging now where it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, you do them both. With the Marvel stuff, 100%. Yeah. I mean, they've found success with it, so yeah. they're not going to stop. Cool. Illuminati. What did we think? That was a really cool scene. And I wasn't expecting... I We all knew Xavier was going to be mm-hmm. in there. That was in the commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, Black Bolt really blew me away. <laughs> with the original actor from the oh, TV series. Oh, is that? That's Ansel Adams. I, okay. It was. Okay. Um, and then... The what Monica Rambo mm-hmm. from the Captain Marvel, yeah, who is Captain Marvel becomes Captain Marvel in the Amazing Spider Man comics, but was the actress who plays her in the Scarlet Witch series. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. So that was really cool to see that her they made come that back. connection like all the way through, yeah, yeah. And so that, that makes me wonder if like. Is that character going to come back up in the main MCU, or was she just a treat in the in this movie? I don't know, but that was still cool to see. Um, Reed Richards was fun. I did notice that. I had no idea that Reed Richards. I didn't. I guess I didn't catch that 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 was going to happen. I I didn't know it was going to happen okay. either. So that was a surprise for me. Did you know? You, you knew? No. Okay. Um, but. Doctor Str- Stephen Strange, when there he's having that meeting with the Illuminati, was like, uh, "Fantastic Four, I thought you guys had your heyday in the '60s," mm-hmm. and I was like, "Okay, so they're acknowledging Fantastic Four happened in six one six. Yes, does that prohibit Fantastic Four from making like a whole new showing and being introduced into the MCU now?" Um, unless it gets done in a multiversal sort of way. And they do it like as a 60s homage? I, I have a... Th- oh, it could be like a flashback 60s movie. Which sure. Would be cool. Yeah. Well, the couple theories, because if, if the Fantastic Four originates from the Phantom Zone, like they went into the Phantom Zone and got their powers, maybe they've been in there for all these years and they make, they come back or whatever through the n- new Secret Wars that's eventually going to happen in yeah. the MCU. Another thing I read online on Twitter is there's actually a doo-wop band from the 60s called the Fantastic Four. Oh, so Stephen Strange is just referencing the doo-wop band? And from the first Doctor Strange, we know that he's like really into music and knowing when things chart. and Because he did the um, the bugle player when he's doing the surgery of... Um, uh, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, or like a not Dizzy Gillespie, but that. the oh. guy that plays like the fugal horn or whatever. Okay. And so he quizzes people while he's doing surgery of this, like, do you know when this CD yeah. came out? So people are speculating that he's actually referencing 
an old band okay. from the 60s. Got it. Oh, that's cool. Um, either way, th- they could do it either way, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You guys see him on uh, Saturday Night Live? <laughs> I didn't see it. I cannot believe that, one, he was in almost every skit the same week that this huge movie comes out. I was like, this must have been the busiest week of this guy's life. Because <laughs> he's got to be doing press, yeah. and then he's got to be like rehearsing skits. And he murdered it. He's such a good actor. He was actor. really funny yeah. in it, yeah. He made Arcade Fire look like idiots. <laughs> That doesn't take much. Yeah, they did it to themselves, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Ronky. That was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I think A+. What did you think of John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic? I think they're going to care. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I I didn't really enjoy it. Like, I don't don't think he is Mr. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they can get somebody better. I mean, I think it was just a way to satiate fans because this this has been a fan casting for four years of get John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic. I think he's a really good actor. So you think they just did it for like meme status and they're not gonna like carry it through? Um I don't know. I think it's a it's a easy play to do that. To the meme ability and people to get excited about. I don't think people think he's a good actor to be honest. I think people think he's pretty typecasted and they've hated those horror movies he he was in. Oh, uh, what is it? The silent, like the yeah. Um, Don't I, say I, a word. Hush. I, I like him, uh, like I, I and he he does that whole like. Give, I thought, given that he was like, we only knew him as Jim in the office for so long. Mm-hmm. The fact that he did those like Jack Reacher movies. Oh, I and forgot was, he like, did those. Believable yeah. in those. Yeah, yeah. Was like, man, this guy's got range. So ever since I've been like, yeah, he can do it. He directed a couple. He mm-hmm. directed a silent place. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. He directed both of them with I think. his wife and then Emily Blunt. They did a shit ton of charity too. He seems they're, like a good. They're guy. good people. Yeah, I'm not saying anything about that. Well, and I think. All that, right, thank you. I think just having some familiarity with him gave you more of a moment when they kill him later, right? Yes. If it had just been some like rando casted person, mm-hmm. when the moment he dies, you would have been like, "Yeah, what are you gonna do?" <laughs> uh, I saw that. Somebody said that the opening action sequence blew uh, the Batman out of the water. Where people thought the I didn't even think the Batman was like that good of an opening sequence, but like they were saying like of superhero movies this year, this is the winner of like opening sequence. Which one? The very first one or, or the, the first one with action the like monster on the New York street? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So I did not expect to see the eyeball getting ripped out of the <laughs> gigantic squid thing. That was, uh, like I said, the horror and blood and gore in the movie yeah. was pretty on point, to be honest. So, it's good. Yeah. We did more than seven minutes, so I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh, I hope- overall ratings of the movie, out of ten? Uh, I think like a 9.5. Wow, okay. Hey, up there. I mean, why? Like, it's, what was, the 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 weird stuff, I can wash away with it being Sam Raimi, and I'm like, whatever. I, I give it an eight because the First leg seemed rushed to get to where we wanted to go. Some of the dialogue was not great. Some of the CGI wasn't great. All in all, fun time, 8 out of 10. I think I had such low expectations because I really didn't like the first Doctor Strange. I had a tough time with the first Doctor Strange movie too. So I was like, but I know the trailer for this looked cool. I don't know. But it was 8 for me as well. 8, sweet. Okay. Cool. I, it's weird though, like giving it a nine point five. I still wouldn't put it in my top five or even top ten. 
but I think just, you just like, like that many. I, of them. I'm just seriously, yeah. I'm just like it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'd make top ten for mine, but yeah. You guys excited for Thor? <laughs> I am excited for Thor. Yeah, that'll be good. I love my Jane Foster's just fucking skyrocketing in price. <laughs> yeah, in price. Which one though? The what if? Uh both. They're both going up. They both are the number six and the the number six on the Jason Aaron run, and then the what if are like. Hell yeah. I've seen grades of 9.8s going for 400, which doesn't mean I have a four or we have a $400 copy. But. We're fucking rich. This <laughs> podcast is done. I think I got mine signed, so I'm a little, I don't know if that's something that I'm, hurts. We always talk about this, but I grabbed you a what if for like 10 bucks. You once. did. Yeah. So. We were ahead of the curve on that one, folks. You should have listened <laughs> a few well, years ago. I like to grab things when I think they're funny because mm-hmm. I'm like, why would somebody want, a what if can't be a first appearance. But I guess it is. But is it? <laughs> it's just, this is, I love popular will just being like, like this happens sometimes where it's like the cameo is worth more mm-hmm. or because of like the cover. Or, yeah. yeah. Or like the second appearance is actually the one you want because it's like whatever. I love it. Just like the will of the people being like, nah, this is the one. Well, have we talked about for a hot second, people were actually speculating that the previews Yes. Were the first appearances. That's such bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. Because I was keeping previews for, or, and I was also keeping, what's that like news thing? Oh, the newsletter you yeah. get sometimes? Yeah. Oh my God. Comic yeah. shop news? Yeah. Comic shop news, yeah. Because people were saying the actual first appearance of Miles Morales is in a preview magazine. Get out of here. I fucking agree. Like, but if they want to split hairs and like the speculative market, love it or hate it. It, it runs well, and, the prices on and, and, he, and here's this thing too where it's like the first, Umbrella Academy is a is a free comic book day, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not as valuable as the first issue would be if it were not a free comic book day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, if it were like some other like weird one off they did somewhere else, I feel like it's downgraded because it has like a weird blank barcode, and people are like, "Oh, you got that for free?" Yeah, and they make a ton of those, right? Cause yeah, they're a promotional freebie. Yeah, shout out to free comic book day. It just happened. <laughs> Free comic book days were had. Yep. People got I got mine free. on Midtown. I went into my comic shop. Did you do the, the penny thing? So they had them for free, but it was a minimum order of 10 bucks. So oh. you had to buy like $10 worth of other comics, which was an easy ask of me. Um, so I ordered a handful. Haven't gotten them yet. Um, all the Marvel ones are on the Unlimited app already, so I'm going to read them ahead of time. Um, when I went into my comic shop on free comic book day, they were already out of all their free comic book day comics, which blew my mind. I think that's another thing of the speculation market now. They just take everything in case something's a first appearance. Yeah. Or kids are getting back into comic books, which is what I would hope yeah, and believe. Yeah, I guess that's great, right? Yeah. Because we went two years ago, the line was wrapped around the building. Yeah, that's true. It and it was fun. awesome. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, Everyone was out for a stray cat freebie that year. Stray Dogs. Stray Dogs, that's what it's called. Oh, God, I got that one. And then, Is that two years ago or one year ago? That's like last year's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the House of Slaughter The House preview. of Slaughter preview was a huge one. Which is still worth free. <laughs> yeah, it's still worth free. <laughs> All right, I want to change it up a little bit. Did you, did anybody here get a chance to read 8 Billion Genies, which is a book we've been hyping for a minute? Yo, I did. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it yet, but spoiler away. Okay, um... Is that okay if we spoil it a little totally. bit? Yeah. yeah I don't so care. it's the same crew as Curse Words, which I fucking loved that book. 
Um, and so Ryan Brownie's on it, which we are big fans of him. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Charles soul is on this. So this was, if you remember, we were talking, you brought this up as a news piece because mm -hmm. just the description of it is insane. So funny that I've, yeah. I've read previews of like the first few pages of the story and other comics and just the first three pages are like great. Yeah. And so it's like. I, I actually don't even understand why it happens, but it doesn't matter. But everybody gets a genie and you get one wish. And it's and the comic book takes place in like the first, so far it's only like the first eight minutes of people getting these genies because just like you can imagine the insanity yeah. of what's happening. Um, the comic book is flawless, amazing. From start to finish, yeah. flawless. I, I like absolutely love it. Even the way they do the genies is just like fucking brilliant. They're very cutesy. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, look like video game-esque. Like, uh -huh. um, my one like thing is like in curse words, it was like the insanity was like at a 10 and it was still a great story. Mm -hmm. There's not like a ton of, there's not like comedy or zaniness happening. I hope, I hope we'll see it in the next few issues. This seems like it'll be rooted in a lot of reality of just like, it's, got, it's kind of, almost kind of scary. Yeah. Like there's a little bit of uh, suspense because like I think what whole... has happened and a lot changes in the eight minutes and like am I safe? Are other people safe? Like why is there giant robots and people walking around and then now? Other people's wishes affect your wishes, which is kind of crazy. Yes, but then the whole thing with like I I think the genie horrorness is like you you don't know what you're wishing for. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole monkey paw. Right. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Great reference. That's uh, Encino Man, right? They made a they made a <laughs> point of saying, uh, "Be careful with your intention." Yeah, when you make your way. Yeah, in the preview, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, this is a one and eight, and this one kind of just sets you up. Mm -hmm. There's not like a. It was way shorter than I thought it was going to be. Like I was I done. Know. I was done. I was like, what? But also, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm also so bummed. It's only eight. I know. Issues. Although, I mean, I think curse words came back and did a second. Arc. I could be wrong on that. Curse words went for like twenty something. Issues. Oh, is that what? It, yeah, it, just, it, it just ran for a while. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it went a long time. I'm I don't like, think it was supposed to. Okay, and then it got really popular, and they're just like keep going. Like, what about keep going? Did God hates astronauts do something like? That? It doesn't matter. Those are great series. They had a volume one and a volume two. Okay, so I could see this becoming one of those things. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good because you're like, where do these genies come from? I hope that gets explored. This guy makes a smart wish about like his wish is just like nothing inside this bar is affected by wishes. So he's he so it's like a, it's like a safe yeah. place. And he does it it shows you that he's essentially like the first wish or one of the two first wishes mm -hmm. and he just like went with his instinct. So like they're kind of just playing on him being like sage guy. He's also like older than you think cuz he just like he knows like Mandarin. It's yes. cool. There's a lot of like mystery to it. Yeah, he's like a real mysterious character of there's more to him than just meets the eye. I read five number ones this week. Whoa. I read four. It is by far the best. Like, no contest. I have one that maybe outranks it, but it's for stupid reasons. Okay. If you pick what I think, if you if you pick a <laughs> stupid book, then I'm, I'm going to be mad at you. Let's go into some of those number ones. Are you, you okay to like pop, yeah, yeah, pop let's in? Yeah, let's okay. go for it. Did you read Captain America, Symbol of Truth? I did not read that one. Okay. The cover is so rad. It's sick as fuck. Um... Uh, yeah, I I read it, and th th this is the thing with me and Marvel where I'm like, okay. Like, I don't necessarily know where this fits. I get that, like, Sam Wilson's also going to exist in Captain America. Um, the thing for me where I was like, 
actually like loved it was they bring in a lot of like political this is the same author that wrote this book called riot baby um and they bring like political stuff in but it like works in the arc of it and then there's like this wakanda conspiracy which was really good and then the, the action was just like really high all the way through i'm i was like not for me really because i'm like not a cap person but the book is like is very solid like very solid they get really interesting people to write captain america books and great artists to do the interiors and covers for them and i try so hard to get into that character but i think there's something just so corny about the americana that's so essential to it and he's like and then it's even corny to like to me to like critique it and be like but i but america is flawed and yeah you feel like, yeah, like we know that already yeah. feel like a real dork diving into the whole metaphor of it all yeah. or the simile they try to it's as good it. as a as a captain america book could be yeah. i guess except for like some <laughs> which the, is high praise from us <laughs> right it's, they're doing that thing with like the carter though the female captain america agent 13 yeah no no no, no. peggy carter i'm sorry is that what it is peggy okay and then the i liked the queer uh, captain america that made an appearance on like the train, oh the train. yeah the like the cross-country yeah <laughs> uh inspired by captain america stories those so, are sweet yeah so like they could do cool shit this to me is not the book that's going to save Captain America, but it was a good book. So this is for like old heads that are just like, I like my Captain America. I think no, it's well, I think it's for Sam. On Sam Wilson. I think it's a Sam Wilson. Oh right, right, right. and sorry, it like sorry. goes into his love life, and then it's like the Wakanda shit was actually really cool. The villain arc is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and the action sequences, the like art's just awesome. I think if you are like, a, yeah, a Sam Wilson fan, I guess. <laughs> What's there? They're out there. Yeah. Surely, I think if you want to see like more representation in comic books, this is also your book mm-hmm. too. So like, it's it's funny just because I picture these Captain America books be like because all of our Captain Americas were military guys. That there is some like bro army culture aspect of this that is is not something that I just identify with. Like I grew up reading stuff where, yeah, Peter Parker gets bullied in class, and then like is like, you guys don't know I'm actually cool with superpowers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, that is cool. Yeah, it's like instead of being like I was chosen by America to defend American shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it I like not for me, but a good book. Like it, it was cool. Okay. Captain America to be for me is gonna have to radically change, be more than just like oh, it's a black guy now. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree. Um. Okay, then I read Grimm. Which I don't know the which publisher that was on, but it's boom, uh, boom, yeah, Stephanie Phillips's right. book. Mm-hmm. This is the, um, it's like, it, it, is it grim? Is it a grim fairy tales thing? No, no. I thought it, I thought it would have been. It's what's the movie where if like? There's a reason I accidentally <laughs> skipped this on previews. It was because of that. I w- I almost skipped it too, but then I was like, oh, Stephanie Phillips doing an independent book. I love that. What's the book where like the jazz guy dies? The Pixar movie. Oh, uh, not life. Whatever that movie's called, yeah, it's this. It's like that Pixar movie in like comic book boom form. So it's like, well, you, you get the mantle of Grim Reaper. If you die, you get to be a Grim Reaper, but you are not death. And there are many Grim Reapers. Uh-huh. So and, it's like Monsters Incorporated with the Grim Reaper. Like these yeah. Grim Reapers are chosen. They don't know why they're Grim Reapers, but it's speculated that these Grim Reapers, like, don't know how they died. 
Uh-huh. Like if you died, but under well, mysterious circumstances, you would become. I think it's only the character. The you main, think only this one? I think only character. yeah. Oh, the main okay. character doesn't know how she died, so you're also figuring out why she died, and she loses her her scythe. And so like it was like honestly, it was good enough that I'm like I want to see this through totally. And it yeah, was like one hundred percent. And it was like really fun, and I was love that it wasn't uh, grim fairy tales, yeah. and I love that it was like a take on Grim Reaper where there's like oh there's actually many. And like, right, like, and a, it was, like a Green Lantern Corp. So, yeah. is there an aspect of this where she's trying to solve her own death? It will, it's gonna be. That's yeah. gonna be. That will probably be the arc of it all. Okay. She like she's a Grim Reaper. She takes someone in who steals her scythe, becomes mortal again. So she's back in the mortal realm. This is where she like probably tries to figure out what happened to her. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to follow this. It, the way it. the way that the book explains it is way better than what I did, <laughs> but Flaviano did the artwork to it, and it was really fun to look oh, at. It was yeah, the scythe itself. That movie Pixar movie we're looking for the name of it is Soul. Soul. Oh yeah. yeah. There was I saw that movie a lot, and I just like <laughs> is this just Soul for adults? Like it really did feel like Soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are elements of it, but it was it 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 was good. Like. I enjoy. I like Stephanie Phillips, and I think that she brings an element of comedy that is not like, <laughs> but it's like oh, like a little bit of sprinkles of comedy mm-hmm. that I like. So her Harley Quinn run is great. I'm still reading that. Yeah, uh, you you will enjoy yourself. So did you guys know? Just on a, a similar note, that the movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit is based on a book called Who Killed Roger Rabbit. No, and in that book cartoons have like a shade of themselves that's like an imprint left behind when they're dead that lasts for like a couple days before they like truly fade away and so he's racing against the clock to try to solve his own murder oh before he totally fades away interesting that's so that's the premise of that and they just changed it because they were like well we're gonna make this a movie Mm -hmm. with cartoons and stuff we got to make it a little more Fun. Or a little less grim. Um, that's but cool. Though. A little bit of the concept reminds me of that. I don't know. That's always been a, the premise of that has always interested me, and it's always been a book I wanted to check out, but I haven't. I've, I was just curious. I learned something about a movie that I love, or loved, that I didn't Not know anymore. before. No, Forrest Gump. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the... is actually a novel, that was made into a movie. Oh. Okay. Um, did you know <laughs> Mighty Ducks was actually a movie? That got turned into a cartoon um, <laughs> with live action ducks. No, I played hockey. I read the. Um, no shit. Did you guys used to read the, the like novelization of yes. movies? Yeah. Oh no, I never did that. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, I read. Um, I remember Dragonheart. <laughs> Dragon. <laughs> oh yeah. god. Because I was like such so hard on for dragons. And Sean Connery. It's literally the fucking script. <laughs> like it's just like so bad. Yeah, I re- I read the Mighty Ducks one and then. I remember reading Phantom Menace and being like, oh, the book was so much better. <laughs> oh, my God. What a nerd. <laughs> it was very nerdy. Um, just since we're on, like, uh, independent stuff, I actually was going to mention- Hell that. fucking yes. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Skybound or Image is going to be releasing this thing called After School, mm-hmm. which is yet another horror anthology. Right. Because they have- the like silver coin mm-hmm. and haha ha, ha, and ice I, cream man yeah 
and like all the shit or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I guess it's popular, but this is going to take like the after school, like a little bit more like teen mm-hmm. stuff. And it's supposed to be like things you thought of. And like the preview is like dissecting a frog in biology. Right. You know, and stuff. So I'm kind of, one, I'm just, I'm really imp- like blown away that this is a format that people want a fourth version of now. <laughs> I think people love like compartmentalized horror stuff. Like that's why they love the creep show and tales from the crypt. Like, and I mean, there's a reason silver coin and haha and ice cream man are doing so well. It's because people love that kind of genre. Yeah. I, I wish it well. The team looks cool and I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, keep going for it. I I did. I don't think people are sick of it yet. I was just surprised they were gonna do another. <laughs> like, I read the preview and thought it looked sick. I thought it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still reading Silver Coin? I know you are, right? Yes, I still love it, and I I think the deal is is at every so Michael Walsh does the art, mm-hmm. and then has different writers come in to tell each story. Now Michael Walsh has written two of them, which I think are the number five and the number ten. So I think every five issues, oh, okay. he writes mm. one that almost gives you more insight into the origins of the coin or explains a little more of the world. Okay. Because his first one and his and his tenth one, in the tenth one certainly, we got a lot more peppering about like what the whole deal is with the coin that I was like, whoa, to have an anthology thing and then get like a world building thing when mm-hmm. you weren't expecting that. Made that. Didn't they really have some cool. heavy hit like Chip Zdarsky come on or something? Yeah, like that? he's been yeah. doing. Okay, yeah. Kelly Thompson did one. Vita Ayala. Jeff Lemire oh, did one. Yeah. Vita Ayala did one. Yeah, a like, lot of big names. Yeah, some heavy hitters. Ed Brubaker, I think, did one. The Brubes. The Brubes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go back into some number ones. Then, uh, did you get a chance to check out the Jurassic League? You're yes, gonna, I did. You're putting that above <laughs> Eight Billion Genies. Uh. For di- okay, so they're both number ones for You're different a big reasons. Daniel Warren Johnson fan. <laughs> I love Daniel Warren Johnson. He didn't illustrate it. He did just write it. What's he, he did done? covers for it though? Didn't he? He did the covers for yeah. it. He did like the the um, covers were awesome. The Better A Bill and oh yeah, Murder Falcon. Okay, and he has a new one called uh, Power Bomb. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's who did this. Uh, it's just stupid fun. Yeah, it's like a just like Encino Man, like you mentioned earlier. It's yeah. just like a fun movie that you just turn your brain off. Why are these dinosaurs Justice League members? Who gives a shit? It's a fun story. It looks cool. I feel like it trips itself up by explaining sometimes where it's like, no, this is the Superman of a dinosaur. Oh, like, yeah, 100 Like, it's very <laughs> dialed in yeah. to a but, certain audience. But otherwise, it was, like, really fun. Mm-hmm. And, like, the artwork was just awesome. It was incredible. And stuff. And it, it felt like Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. of in a good way. Like, yeah. everything you want out of, like, I don't know. So. This... this- book has the level of of absurdity that was like automatic buy for me that the marvel mech stuff didn't have yes you know what i mean yes i'm like if you're gonna get zany and do this like one-off short series like mechs isn't fun Nope. Yeah. Nope. You're right. The That's characters, a good point. The Mechs, ca- did, Mechs did not work. Yeah. The characters all being like frogs or something yes. is like great. It's it's It wasn't weird enough. Yeah. Marvel was like playing it a little bit safe and like DC was like, fuck it, make them dinosaurs. And it's like they don't, I love that they don't spend time explaining why. <laughs> or at all. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, it's more about like, how am I doing making dinosaur Batman? Yeah. <laughs> you guys still with me? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, we see the the moment where Clark Kent comes to Earth, and it's a you know the little capsule, 
and he's a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> so you are led to believe he came from another dinosaur planet that they're sentient. So are you guys both read this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is are there humans on Earth? Yeah. All, yeah. Okay, there are. Yeah. Just the superheroes which, are dinosaurs. Which, which is like a really nice dynamic, actually, yeah. of it all. Yeah. And they can talk to one another. Uh huh. And they so you probably saw the the cover. So the yes. the dinosaurs are anthropomorphized. Yeah. So they're like. They have, yeah, they're not just like, which would be funny, I guess. But if they... they're not sexualized. I mean, then make that very <laughs> That's clear. That's true. Like, it'd be funnier if it was like an actual just T-Rex with like a cape on. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, is it actually would right. walk around? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think Jurassic League is, it's some, it's a really short run. Like, it's. It's something like one four or five or, or whatever. Something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was not going to read this, and then I saw shit online about it, and so I read it, went ahead and read Hulk versus Thor, mm-hmm. Banner of War. Same. Alpha. You read it too? I was so shocked <laughs> about how much I enjoyed it. It was so weird. Okay, wait, what I is- Donny Cates is writing both Thor and Hulk right now, so it was like perfect for him to smash these together. What? What is, what's the Banner of War? Like- Bruce Banner. Oh, that's what it is? Yeah. And, and it's like a, it's an event- it's a mini event. Yeah, it's like just a mini crossover thing. Okay. So the event is Thor is trying to basically arrest Hulk and bring him back to Earth for stuff he did in El Paso, Got allegedly. It. Okay. In uh, this Donny Cates run, Hulk kills a character that, that worked at like a car shop mm-hmm. that uh, Thor had made good pals with. Okay. Nice. Did Jane live there for a little bit too? Yeah. There was some, con- there was like, they, they both had a connection to the city. So I I want to do a spoiler about this book that I think will sell it on you or sell it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, just like high intensity action. There's like some cool reveals and stuff like that. There's a point where Molinier mm-hmm. is like laid on Hulk to like, to, to just pin him down, mm-hmm. right? Which would work, right? And so <laughs> Hulk to overcome it, he stands up and lets the hammer rip through the middle of him. So he's yeah. just a hole. Did you see this already? No, but it sounds like uh, okay. Hulk and so, lately. <laughs> sounds like something he'd do. And it's like, <laughs> and it just resumes the battle essentially. Uh-huh. And it's like, uh, at that time, at that point, I was like, okay, this this book fucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it fucks hard. It's yeah. so funny how much lately they've just decided that the Hulk is Wolverine rules. <laughs> and we'll right, just like right. completely regenerate anything now. Mm-hmm. Like it like we'll it, have to retcon that eventually. Because That's it would it like would have torn out much. his heart and yeah. just killed him. Right. Right. But instead it's like, oh he regenerates. Like now. in the after Immortal Hulk, like there was a whole there's a few issues where he was just like cut up in jars. Mm-hmm. Right. All the separated. pieces were in, separated in jars so he wouldn't reconstitute. <laughs> And I thought after the Green Door stuff had resolved itself, then he would go back to being mortal. I didn't think he'd like constantly be regenerating his body all the time, but what do I know? Um, are you are you up to date on Thor? Both Thor and Hulk, yes. So so but the the spoiler there is that Odin is inside Mjolnir yes, now and right. can talk to Thor. There is a moment in this book <laughs> yeah. where I chuckled out loud because Hulk in his green form is talking to Bruce Banner out loud, uh-huh. and Thor is talking out loud to his hammer, to his to Odin, and they both go, "What did you just say? What did you just say?" And like they're just like, "Who are you talking to?" And then <laughs> Thor goes, "No, who are you talking to?" And I thought it was just so funny that these two 
separate people are so similar in what they're dealing with at the right. time, and they're just combating one another, and it's just like, if they, if they took a second to realize what was happening, yeah. it would be a, a totally different outcome, and that was the brilliance of this book, and uh, Donny Cates has done it again, <laughs> folks. I think it's a one-off, right? Like it's, Yeah, this is the alpha, so like this yeah. is like the, the premiere setup to the event. Okay. Well, one thing, uh, Greg and I were talking about this book before the podcast, and the whole thing with the Hulk run that's confusing me is like Bruce is piloting the Hulk's body, but there's a different like child Hulk that's inside the engine room that's fueling the thing. And then there was this weird comeuppance in the last issue of Hulk that I was like, what does the fallout mean though? And it sounds like this book kind of put some parameters around that and showed you like what the fallout was with like the symbiosis between those three different entities inside a Hulk body. Um, so I, if you're reading Hulk, I would recommend keeping on with this banner of war thing just to understand the situation a little better. And it was a fun read. Uh, the only other number one I didn't, this is one I didn't read was bunny mask is back. <laughs> Stop the presses, everyone. <laughs> well, Mike, and I, I, re- I pre-ordered it because yeah. I loved the first run of Bunny Mask. And the only reason I didn't read it is I haven't actually finished the first run yet. Yeah. So I loved it, though. I mean, it gets the prize for the absolute dog shit worst cover best book. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe um, that was another one that I just like took a chance on. Yeah. And after reading the first issue, I was like, I need every cover. Like this book blew my fucking butt off. It was giving me such strong, like, zombie tramp vibes. I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly. not going to yeah, be tricked yeah. into this That's what book. I'm saying. It looked yeah. like a sexy zombie That's thing. A, and we and talked about that so when, when we covered more. it. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I, I think that, like, people that read it and liked it, like, were pumped about this. So it's coming back. It's going to be a very niche audience, <laughs> I think. Well, well yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That yeah. that's the tough thing with these, like, small-run indie books is, like, the part two. Yeah. Like, you have to be an existing fan who's still buying in, and it's been, like, five, six months since the last Bunny Mask series ended. So I, I always feel for these people printing these again. But um, the writer, Paul Tobin, is like, he's got a fan for life now. I'll always give something yeah. of his a chance just because that first one was so good. You're in the Tobin tribe. <laughs> I'm in the Tobin he, tribe. He's a Tobin head. <laughs> Did you read any other number one? Uh, no, uh-uh, no. Okay. I was going to read the latest issue of Crossover, but I ran out of time. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah. That came out. Well, we, since we don't do crosstalk anymore. I know, we don't do crosstalk You don't keep anymore. up on it. Been been too hard keeping up with Saga, so. Um, and uh, that's going really well. I've loved it. Yeah. You, you've kept up on uh-huh. it? Yeah. I stopped pulling it just because I had a hard, that was a book that I read in trade first. Mm-hmm. And I'm just used to reading it that way. And it, it the first two books back, it was just so frustrating for me. Because you wanted to read it so much. Yeah, so I was like, I'm just going to... I already have the other three beefy volumes, and I'm just going to buy the fourth when it comes out. I think the thing that's going to be tough, though, is like when something big happens, it's going to be hard for you to avoid it. Well, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if we talk about it on the show or whatever, too. That's that's the thing is like, I just want to know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like... It's a cultural event. Yeah, I feel like time will shed light on it being like, one of the most impactful comic books of all time. Yes. And so I'm like, I want to be in the moment, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. And, I, and who knows if this second arc will actually be as as lauded as... The, I think it will. It, I, it, I do not suspect that Brian K. Vaughn 
and Fiona Staples are going to go out with a whimper. It's been great. I feel like the letters to editors have been worse. Like Brian K. Vaughn's kind of on his like nerd shit on on them. And well, I'm, he had he had two years of COVID to really reflect yeah no he on did shit. he did and is like it's also like this weird thing of like he's talking from the past, but the the books themselves the storylines have just like almost like been better in some ways. I've mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. So, um, the other thing that I was gonna bring up was they Marvel announced that in their Pride book uh, on June twenty second, which. I don't know why this is called Marvel's Voices Pride Number One because I thought they did one before. They did, but anyway, it's called that every year. I think there's a new number one, but they now. call it number one every time. Yeah. Okay, it's an annual, folks. Yeah, it's yeah, like an annual rules. So they're gonna yeah. have a they're gonna have a trans mutant, which is not that big a deal because like uh, I think that like DC recently announced that like one of their flashes is neutral gender too and stuff like that. Right. But I think that the development of this character I'm really excited about. It's by this author who read a book who wrote a book called All the Birds in the Sky, mm-hmm. which is like this fucking fantastic sci-fi book that like blew my fucking mind. Um, and so and they're gonna let this author write a run of New Mutants. Oh, New uh, Mutants. Okay, um, cool. So an arc of New Mutants. So the character's gonna appear there and then be in New Mutants. That's rad. I believe this character, I don't love this, is called uh Escapade. Yeah, Escapade. Sheila Sexton. I think is is their name, um, and they have the power of like they can switch places with somebody, but they have to be the rules are they have to be seven feet from them, uh, and there's like some other things like they can like they can only maintain it for a few hours and like the more it's like it has a lot of like rules that kind of fuck it for them, mm-hmm. um, so and then it's also the team that did crowded. That's like oh, I loved. Crowded. That's part of it. So it's like I think that this character has legs. So I think yeah. pl- plan to pick up this character. I think when Was, they develop new characters, less rules the better with their powers. Just make it super generic. <laughs> this one has a lot of rules. That's a lot of rules. There's you a just lot. Described. Like I didn't even describe. There's more that I like didn't quite understand. What were you gonna ask about? If Marvel, this Marvel Voices Pride was that a free comic book day thing? There was a preview of it. Oh, okay. That's on yeah. the the. Free this is gonna day. be like a probably more than three ninety nine comic. It is. It's, it's like a, it's, it's, a, it's the it's annual like price. Eight oh, so this hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's coming out in June. Got it. I you, I read the last one and it was great. Yeah. So yeah, these annual things that they've been doing have been phenomenal. The problem that <laughs> I have with them and I think you guys do too is like they don't transition into other comics. That's why I like this one. Yeah, exactly. Gonna, well, this character is it anyway, and, and the they, creator. And the other critique is like the indigenous one that they did, and just people is like. Those were great, mm-hmm. but it's like, so you're just going to put all of those writers on one book. On like, one book, and then nothing the rest of the year. Like, yeah, we're done for the year. Yeah. So, but this book- <laughs> We I, made our quota. <laughs> yeah. Like, good job. The thing I appreciate about it is that with with the books they're publishing, they're, I, it's, it's hard to give like 10 different indigenous writers yeah. like books and opportunities- so this, in a way, gets people exposure, like in larger amounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It does. It like, gives they're them a able to put spotlight. like tons of people in a spotlight, and they can go create indie comics, and they've been published now, and hopefully Marvel brings them back to do like mainline books. Well, and do you do you? But remember- I but I agree, it is frustrating to be like, 
we're fixing the problem, but doing it like in but and, one and, book at a time. In, only, in forty-five pages, and the like, only one like, we're done. The only one they gave was the Black Eyed Peas guy. <laughs> so, so Taboo has yeah. written like four or five books recently, and uh, folks, it's a problem. And his fucking book became a show too, The Werewolf by Night. Well, not his book specifically, but right, the character. Nightmare uh, Werewolf by Night, which is a whole title that <laughs> Trash. makes no sense. Um, the one thing, do you remember last year where we were like, in Pride Month, DC destroyed uh, Marvel. Marvel, yeah, right? handedly. I, the Pride covers were amazing yeah. for DC. I feel like the one way Marvel can redeem themselves is they're like, well, we're going to create a character that's actually we're going to commit to mm-hmm. yeah. in Pride. Like, that that actually makes sense to me. Rather than celebrating the Pride they have done is like, right. co- do some more, I don't know. So, so good on them. All right. Well, yeah. it's about an hour. <laughs> Thus is the new format. Yeah. We I just, liked it. We just roll with it. This is like, for those listeners that weren't Patreon members, this is like the shit we used to do in our Patreon, and it was somewhat more enjoyable. For yeah. us and for the audience. Yeah, I think it was like rad to just riff and be like, it's no hold bars. It's a cage match. <laughs> a word of warning, though. Sometimes we do talk about music longer than a minute. We came off of it quickly. Well, I you think. did. No, it was it was a beautiful transition. You recognized what you were doing, and you said, "Not today." Not today. And you pivoted, which I'm proud of you. Yeah. So there you go. There's always. Uh, I I was gonna mention this last time. Broken Social Scene has a comic book coming out. Oh my God! Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. A whole fucking trade. Okay, it's on this weird imprint though. Mm-hmm. That like they do. Um, they just do like artist things. Or whatever, and it's like kind of shit, like because it's like um like the the there's a rapper that like that doesn't matter. You can go look at this the imprint of it, and it's like oh like they've done several comics with musicians, but and it's like yeah, it's like odd musicians or or whatever. That there's a place that did a Sturgill Simpson. It might be like book, yeah, and uh, Poppy did her graphic novel there. Oh, I didn't even know these existed. Yeah, there's a hand- Vince, So Vince Staples has a book coming out on yes. this. And like we met the illustrator. The illustrator's like fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But like, do I care if Vince Staples writes a comic? No. No, not really. But Arcade Fire has like a double graphic novel that's I think paralleling with the origin stories of their albums. Okay. Oh, I said Arcade Fire. I meant Broken Social Scene. Yes. Bro- bro- I would not care if it's Arcade Fire. But <laughs> uh, but Broken Social Scene has that. And I was like, okay, that's some music comic news I can get People into. are actually going wild for it. They should. They should pre-order it. And the artwork looks insane. So I'm excited to read it. And um, I, you've mentioned Vince Staples. We, got, we get those emails through our uh, podcast email or whatever. And one of them was just like, Vince Staples throwing a concert for his new comic book. And then... That was like two days ago, and today we got one that says, concert postponed. <laughs> Did it really? Yes. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was short-lived there, folks. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Um, all right. New format, better show, better people, healthier show. Mm-hmm. Quiznos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, get at us on all the things, and uh, enjoy your life. See you in 14 days. Bye. First Issue Club is brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company via Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Our music is courtesy of the fine folks at Primary Color Music. You can find, friend, and follow us on social media at First Issue Club or firstissueclub.com. You can support First Issue Club by joining us on our Patreon for additional content at patreon.com slash firstissueclub.